0: I wish I remembered the date and time to make this introduction really cool, but I don't. In fact, I lost touch with the very concept of time like many others in 2020. But it was my 8th grade English class and we just finished reading the book, The Boy in Striped Pajamas. And this particular day, we had time to discuss at the end about stories of bravery and courage during World War II. Immediately, my classmates raised their hands and shared stories of their great-grandfathers who had served in World War II. But I never raised my hand, because I'm an immigrant from India, an independent nation that is younger than my grandfather. I thought my family from a colonized nation did not get a chance to express its bravery in the greatest turmoil of the world. That is, until I talked to my dad. Although we don't know if any of our family members ever fought in the war, But there were Indian soldiers in World War II and uh, even first one as well. In fact, the British built the Indian Gate in Delhi because of the lives lost from World War I. Records were not kept accurately. They are mostly forgotten. But surely a story of bravery and courage. So I was wrong, just like the many other assumptions that I had in 8th grade. But this was different. I later found out that about 2.3 million Indian men had served in the World War II for the British government, according to the BBC, something I didn't learn in my world history class in 9th grade, nor the movie Dunkirk that I watched in 10th grade. It took me a couple of years to realize that this is just one of the examples of the many more stories and cultures that were perished by the powerful empires that came generations before us. This leaves the descendants of those underrepresented people lost in a world where they're excluded. We may never know what those stories are, but we do know why those stories were never written nor given attention to. The reason is colonialism. Now hold up. You may think it is a bit of an exaggeration to say that colonialism is the reason why many stories of our history were forgotten. Well, to illustrate the power and the effect of colonialism, it is best if we go back to where we started this podcast, World War II. The world is now yet beyond the Holocaust, and Germany came to terms with the horrific genocide of 6 million people that some of their countrymen engendered 73 years ago. However, the world did not even come to terms with the genocide of 3 million Indians during the British colonization 77 years ago. Throughout the 200 years of colonization, the British exploited India's natural resources even in times of droughts and natural disasters and produced the worst man-made famines. Notably, the Great Bengal Famine of 1943 ensured about 3 million deaths in just a year because of intentional decisions. Made by British leaders. In addition to keeping Great Britain's troops in World War II well supplied, Winston Churchill decided to stockpile essential supplies for later use and denied food to the Indians from other colonies and countries. The imports were in a deficit while the exports of food grain increased due to the war. John Usinger, in his article, Britain's noxious history of imperial warfare mentions that Churchill wanted to stockpile food ready for the liberation of Europe, as Indians were used to starving. In fact, his inchoate rage during war cabinet discussions of India displayed his beliefs in extreme racism against the Indians. Furthermore, the British government started to sell rice at inflated prices to Bengalis with the same or even decreased wages for farmers. A report called Famines of Bengal by K.G. Ghosh states that the price per rice mound went from 35 rupees to 105 rupees in 1943, and the prices of other food grains such as flour and sugar also increased from 25 to 60 rupees. Bengali farmers, who should have had an increase in profit, were instead dying on the streets from starvation. The British Indian government made 10 million rupees profit by selling food grains at an outrageous price in a time of disaster and chaos. Besides the influence of inflated prices and decreased supply of food grains, the British government also passed denial policies, which accelerated the decline of food grains. About 30,179 tons of rice were purchased under the denial policy and about 70% of the total trade boats carrying imports of rice to Bengal were sunk. In essence, for the sake of a war tactic, the British government intentionally destroyed food imports and confiscated much more food grains during a famine. In October of 1942, cyclones, torrential rains and tidal waves caused a major crop loss. Furthermore, the multiple epidemics of Malaria, Chloria, and Smallpox also added to the death count of the famine. However, as an imperial leader, Britain had an obligation to reduce the effects of the natural factors that helped induce a famine, and provide aid for the victims. Yet, they did everything to aggravate the situation further. Ironically, the British were instigating one of the greatest famine genocides by trying to stop a genocide in World War II. So colonialism is powerful enough to make us forget and even name it as a genocide. It really makes you question about the many stories that we don't know about and were never included in our history textbooks. In fact, we shouldn't let history textbooks dictate our knowledge about this world. History only captures a facet of the diamond of humanity, so much so that the word history describes the story of his, one sex ignoring almost 50% of the population. To tell the true story of this world, we need to increase diversity and make sure everyone gets a chance at carving the diamond, not just the undiversified realm of celebrities and politicians. To do this, we need to commit ourselves to take initiatives and give opportunities for others to raise voices and amplify underrepresented and once-forgotten stories. Like the story of my great-grandmother, who worked the rice fields in soaring summers even when bearing a child in her stomach. After the delivery, she rested for a few days for recovery and went back to the fields in no time. She sacrificed her comfort to work in the field so she can give opportunities such as education which prospered economic growth for my family. A story of unconventional strength, courage, and bravery that I would argue deserves just as much attention and recognition as any other. A story I hope won't be forgotten like those of the Indian soldiers who served in World War II.